This is Dental All-Stars, where we bring you the best in dentistry on marketing, management, and training. Here's your host, Alex Nottingham. Hi, everyone. Officially, I'm Alex Nottingham, founder of All-Star Dental Academy, and welcome to Hope in Crisis, a three-part webinar series where we explore dental practice management, HR, technology issues to navigate the COVID-19 crisis. On this webinar, we're discussing HR and employment issues. The next webinar, we will build on our HR discussions and add practical practice management steps to help your business and employees not just get through the crisis, but thrive on the other end. We will have our head instructor, as always, Larry Gazzardo with me. That's tomorrow, same time. And the day after that, same time in our third webinar, we're going to have and explore technology, technological issues and resources taught by none other than the digital dentist, Dr. Lauren Levine. And for today, please welcome our special guest, Adrian Twig. Now, Adrian is an HR and employment compliance consultant and co-owner of Ben Erickson & Associates. She provides educational programs, training, and human resource services, and speaks to dental uh, professionals across the country. With her HR expertise and experience, coupled with a background, is very interesting, of managing a large dental group practice for 17 years, Adrian's presentations are both insightful and practical, we like practical, with an HR success-oriented focus. Adrian, thank you so much for coming and joining us. Thanks, Alex. I appreciate the invitation, the opportunity to join with you and All-Star uh, Dental Academy. It's kind of a challenging time for all of us, and I loved the um, title of this series, that there definitely is hope. We are big believers that this it will have an end at some point. We don't know when, but... Um, with all of us in this dental community pulling together and looking out for each other, we definitely believe that we're going to get through it and uh, be stronger for it in the end. So thank you for the opportunity to be on here today with you. Thank you. And I also want to acknowledge officially, uh, we have Robin Reese on the call as well. She's a Ben Erickson consultant. She's also our VP of coaching. And she, uh, as we love Ben Erickson, we've been working with you guys for many, many years. And uh, we have one of your own as part of our company. So we're so grateful yeah. to have uh, um, that. And um, certainly <laughs> it's been, usually HR has been like the ugly stepchild nobody wants to deal with. And, oh, don't worry about it. We'll just get our manuals. But now, I mean, HR specialists, you guys are gold and it's so, so important. Uh, so I have so many questions to ask you, and I've had people sending me questions in beforehand, and I'm sure we're going to get a lot here um, that that what we'll have. We had, I think, nearly 800 people sign up for this. It was, it was really right. uh, immense. So tell me, one kind of thing to start is the stimulus bill looks like it's going to pass, and there are a lot of HR issues there. And just because of timely of timeliness of it, can you comment a little bit about the HR qualities that are, are there and, and how that will be affecting uh, dental practices and their employees? Well, um, one thing, as, as you know, it's kind of a moving target. And okay. one thing that um, kind of surprised everybody, I think, was this morning um, we got a notice from the U.S. Department of Labor that instead of this Families First Coronavirus Response Act going into effect April 2nd, which is kind of what everybody was thinking, 
they are actually putting it into place April 1st. Now, one day probably isn't a big deal, except that just goes to the fact that it is a moving target. Um, we're looking that it will help small businesses fund some of the required payments that they're saying that will the small business small businesses will be responsible for. We don't have any details as of yet how that's going to happen, how someone is going to apply for that. We know that it's supposed to affect the tax credit. So when you pay the payroll taxes and that type of thing, that you're supposed to be able to take the salaries that you have paid according to this act off of the tax credits at that point but we don't have any specifics. They haven't, other than given us generalities, which I think is a little maddening to everybody because in this profession, we want to know. We want right. answers. specifics. Yeah. Um, so we are just continuing to stay in tune and stay apprised as much as we can with the Department of Labor and uh, all of the updates and the um, alerts that they're giving us. So it's kind of a moving target. So I'll start getting more in the weeds as we go along, but I kind of want to address some of the big charge issues that we're hearing a lot about. So I guess going step by step, one of the, the things is, so practices are being mandated to close in, in many cases and, and some open for emergencies. And, and what that does certainly is a huge cash flow issue. And there are things that dentists are looking into, SBA loans and, and, and whatnot, and certain government assistance. Um, uh, there are ways of uh, postponing mortgages and leases, and so that's, that's a whole other issue. But the big issue is the HR front. How do we deal with the employees? Because number one, employees are a big portion of, of, the, of the balance sheet, uh, of the investment, we'll call it, in the business. And dentists love their employees, their family, and it's, it's and they're in kind of a very terrible situation. And very, and so, uh, tell us a little bit about the big question is this idea of termination versus furlough, how how the benefits uh, play out, what what should a dentist be thinking or doing, you know, in this in this kind of situation. Yeah, that's a great question and one that we're getting um, quite frequently. Our advice has been that you furlough those employees or you lay them off, whichever term you want to use, it's kind of one and the same, um, and that you're not terminating anyone at this point. Um, one of the things that kind of comes along with terminating an employee is that for them to be able to collect unemployment, one of those stipulations is they have to be actively looking for work. Now we're all, believing that we're going to be able to ramp back up once we get through the critical mass of all of this. Um, you don't want to fire your employees. You want to hold on to them and to protect them as much as you can. So we are not advising terminations. We're advising furloughs or laying them off. They in turn turn around and apply to unemployment for the benefits that they may be eligible for. And those benefits are going to be decided by the unemployment office in each state. None of these states are the same. They vary from state to state. So the unemployment office there will determine what their eligibility is and what their benefit package will look like. 
Um, so we're just advising as soon as those team members can to go ahead and have them apply for unemployment. We have a lot of offices that are still open seeing emergency patients, so they need some team members there with them. So they're asking, well, what do we do if we're calling some of our clinical team back in, or even if we had part of the admin team answering phone, processing payments as they come in, uh, doing any of that. One thing that is very important is that you are very clear with your employees that if you call them back in to do work on those emergency patients or to do any other work, that when they apply to unemployment and they need to do it on a weekly basis, they have to go online and refile week after mm -hmm. week, okay. that they are very accurate in disclosing if they have received any compensation from you. Um, you know, all everything that the dentist, the owner pays is going to go on their W-2 form. So you don't want to have any discrepancies there. So it's really important that the team member discloses if they have had any compensation during the previous week. And then once again, the unemployment office will apply whatever magic formula they have to what that unemployment compensation will be for that employee for the following week. But there again, that's done on a weekly basis. So there may be some weeks that they don't perform any work. And so then that's, that's what they report. But it's really important that they are very accurate on what they're um, reporting to the unemployment office. Yeah, by the way, I have uh, Robin and some of our coaches on as panelists just so they're responding, there's a lot of questions that come in. Thank you, Robin, for, for responding, giving some feedback. I know there is a question about Canada, other, other states, and obviously you have to take consideration that state and that country's law um, and, and how that's moving. Um, so there, with respect, so I like what you're saying that, yes, it's layoff or whatever. I, I kind of, these are unprecedented times that I, I, I offer, and Larry Gazzardo also agrees with this certainly, is how we, we word it. For two, two situations, there's a legal side and there's also the human element in our team. If I say I'm laying you guys off and you gotta get unemployment, it's like uh, I'm terminating you. Whether it has the same effect legally, that's hard to hear. Mm -hmm. And it, it hurts, it's, it's scary, and it, it, it doesn't go to the, the, the you know, when I was in law school, there's idea of a, a substance over form. We have a form, but the substance is, these are our team, this is our family. And mm -hmm. we're still together. We're just using what I like to call government assistance to help us. We pay taxes, we pay unemployment. We're getting that benefit back, like social security, like a benefit. So if we, I would offer, you're shaking your head yes, that, that we look at it from that perspective, from a team perspective. In terms of how you characterize it, does it matter? So A, do you agree with me in that we should, the dentist should be looking at it as we're still a team, but then how should we characterize it? Yeah, I definitely agree that the dentist needs to be approaching this and communicating it to their team members that, hey, we're all in this together. And um, one thing that we are advising our clients is it's really important and it's critical at this point that the dentist stays in contact with their team. Even if 
it's just an email and they're saying, hey guys, I don't have any further information right now. I'm going to update you as, as soon as I do, but just wanted you to know I'm thinking of you and, you know, whatever they need to say. Um, and it is, I think I totally 100% agree with you, you know, uh, your organization as well as us here at Bent Erickson and Associates uh, firmly believe that communication is a critical component to everything that we do. So um, the fact that the way the dentist and the owner is communicating with that team member, whether you choose to use, and when we, when we are advising people, if you want, if you're going to do a layoff, we are advising them to make sure that they say, this is a temporary layoff. This is not, you know, anything permanent as far as they are concerned. There may be stages that they have to bring people back in once we start ramping back up. But the intention totally is that we are bringing everybody back. And this is just a temporary phase that we're going through. But yeah, I definitely agree that the way you communicate and the words that you use are critical to just kind of confirming and affirming that you're to your team that, yeah, we're working through this and, you know, we're going to get back. Yeah. I remember a statistic that I use and I quote you guys in a lot of my webinars for many years, which is the cost of someone who you let go, not in this case scenario or leaves is one to three times their salary. Yeah. And the reason I say that is there is a long-term consequence if we don't handle this with dignity and with love with our, with our team members, because they're not going to come back happy. They're going to leave whatever the situation, or if you just say you're out of here, then the cost of having to recreate a team could, su could supersede the cost of this, this temporary work stoppage. Yeah. Right? So I think that's from a practice management strategic standpoint, we want to keep in mind. That's what we're talking to you to say, what can we do? And so the overall thing is, like you said, this is a temporary situation. Some dentists say to me, and, and even my friends outside of dentistry are like, and again, I'm a lawyer and people, you know, I don't care for lawyers that much. But the thing is, it's like, oh my goodness, if I say the wrong thing, if I write the wrong thing, if I, whatever, I'm going to get sued, I'm going to this, I'm going to be responsible for all the back pay. So like, how much leeway is it? Do you have to get them a formal letter? Do you have to say certain magic words, sp sprinkle some fairy dust? W what is it that, you know, Larry and Robin were saying to me, like, it's sometimes just as simple as you go to the Department of Labor or whatever, you fill out the form. Like how complicated, what do we have to look out for? What do we have to do to be able to begin this process? Well, are you talking about begin the process from the employer? Or from the, from yeah, for, I would say both, both situations. Because like you said, you make a really good point. If they are getting government assistance, unemployment, and they're being compensated as well by the dentist, both of them have to report that to the employment office, the unemployment office, right? So I guess I'm, I'm in a situation, I'm a dentist, um, what, what's my process? I realize that we might be closed for an indefinite period of time. What's my process for my team? So we agree we're gonna say nice things, we're together, but I guess what are some words we have to say? What are some things that have to be written to make sure it's clear and we're protected? Because a lot of dentists are afraid, I don't wanna get a lawsuit later because sure. I didn't do it right. Yeah. 
Um, well, for one thing, we are hoping and believing that there's going to be some leniency applied to this situation because it is a pandemic. It is, um, you know, some states are being declared disaster, emergency disaster relief has been uh, declared for them. But uh, we have a template of a temporary layoff letter that we will be happy to supply uh, for you if you want to extend that to your members. Um, we'll be happy to, to send that to you. And in this letter, it states um, that there is, because of this going on, there is a temporary layoff that is going and it gives the effective date. And it states that while your intention is of bringing everyone back on as soon as possible, that there is no definite date that you can do that because you, we just don't know. But it's just to let them know that um, when, when the layoff is effective and some states will have, uh, you have to give a final paycheck what they are considering final paycheck. We don't like to call it final because mm. it's not final. It's just for now. Um, there are some states that have varying laws that you have until the next regular payday to issue that. Some states are, no, you have to issue it then by the next day when you determine that layoff is going into effect. So that's where you just kind of have to check with your state legislation to see you know, what you qualify under that. And most times they can find that by Google, just Google what their final paycheck uh, law is. And a lot of the information that's coming up now will involve uh, layoffs, temporary layoffs and furloughs because of this. So a lot of that information has been updated even on Google. Um, so the letter that we're using just gives the effective date um, it doesn't promise any return date. It's just going to be as soon as possible. And I know that if they're working with you guys and practice management consultants that, you know, they're looking probably at their break-even numbers to see when they're going to be able to fully ramp up again. And uh, as we addressed before, the communication process in this is just critical. Even if you don't have a definite, okay, we're starting back on Monday. Right. Um, just staying in contact with the team members so they don't feel like they're kind of out there on an island by themselves. Absolutely. Incredibly important. I posted a resource, which I'll mention again. It's called allsodentalacademy.com slash survival. And I even have a link to Ben Erickson's FAQ website and a few other good resources on, on definitely about how to communicate with teams remotely and so on. All those are really important. The, um, I think you make an excellent point. It was interesting. I have a titanium group of mastermind members of, the, of, of All Star, and uh, we frequently meet as well. We're meeting with our general members as well uh, periodically, and, and all our coaches have been so helpful. But one of the things was interesting, the very beginning of the situation, and I, and I see you're speaking to that. This is, again, it goes back to my law school days where you talk about like policy, laws are developed by policies or things that come on it's not just comes out of the blue. We created a law and we have to follow it just because it's created. It's from public policy. There's a reason. So we always use this called a reasonable person standard. What would a reasonable person do in a time of crisis, right? So in this situation, 
it's highly unlikely, and, and you're speaking to that, that the government or the law, there's going to allow lawsuits because you didn't word it this way. Okay. If you were grossly negligent or reckless, you, yeah. that will be a problem. But if you acted in what's called good faith, and you said, look, here's what we're doing. And you want to say, we're going to use government assistance. It's going to be a temporary uh, work stoppage, which is a word that Larry used, or temporary layoff, whatever. Those are fine. You fill out the forms. You get the government assistance. You report. If you're giving additional money, you report it. No issue. And I think that sometimes there are other organizations that I've heard some complaints about that are kind of like rattling the saber. You have to say it this way. If you don't, you're going to... and. And, and, and that's right. And that's what I like hearing from you is like, this is how, <laughs> you know, otherwise I'll tell you, uh, the, the legal, the legal system will, will be very, very wealthy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Un unnecessarily wealthy. So, okay. That's, that's reassuring to know, because like you said, it's a moving target. Nobody yeah. really can answer what it's going to be. So you're just acting good faith. Yeah. And, and I want to add something to that from past experience, some things that we have found when there have been um, specific wage and hour violations in a practice and maybe something has happened and that doctor has been called up before the labor board or worse in some type of lawsuit and they've had to go to court, if during that period of time, once the infraction has been discovered, let's say it's a wage and hour issue where someone has not been properly compensated for overtime, and that is discovered and it was really truly a mistake by the doctor or by the person that did payroll or whatever um, and then they have tried to correct that and they've gone back and put into place a repayment and or maybe it's an OSHA violation and they've gone in and they've you know made the adjustments and things that they had to do when it comes time for that doctor to kind of face up to whatever it is, whether it's the labor board or a lawsuit, if they can prove that in good faith, again, they have gone back and tried to correct that and put things into place to um, you know, make good on all of those things that they were supposed to do. Many, many times, whether it's the labor board or a judge will um, grant them some leniency because they have seen there was good faith effort yes. by the practice to make right whatever was wrong. So I'm just carrying that thought over to in this ridiculously crazy time that there's going to be some leniency afforded too. And to your point, they're not going to go out and be crazy and just, you know, do things that they know going in aren't right. But, you know, if they're acting in good faith and trying to do the best that they can, I really do think things are going to be okay. That's wonderful. And by the way, everybody, I'm getting so many questions. A lot of people here. Uh, I'm looking at them. I have people who submitted before. Uh, I want to thank Robin Reese and uh, Eric Vickery. They are manning the panel, the, the Q&A. So everybody, if you have a question, I'm looking at the questions and, and I will kind of collate them and ask Adrian, but there's so many we're not going to get to. So ask it in the chat and Eric and Robin are helping. Robin's so sweet. She's like, I don't want to step on Adrian's toes. I'm like, yeah, but no, Adrian, there's, there's no way she has 10 hours to answer all these questions. So they are typing so fast, their little fingers are going to hurt. So 
thank you coaches for helping so much yeah, with them. Anytime I, this is by no means, I've got all the answers. Anytime they want to jump in, that's fabulous. It does help because we're getting all these things. So yes, there's a Q&A section. Ask your question in the chat so my team can help at least get it get along. And, 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 and I'm going to try to ask as many of the ones that are repeated. One thing that came up with a client I spoke to today and a few times is, and I'm jumping around a little bit, so, so bear with me, and I'll come back. I like structure too, is the idea of, of uh, benefits that if they're if they're getting unemployment, can they still get their the benefits, health insurance benefits from their employer? How does that work? Well, that is a really interesting question as well. Um, there isn't a, a a really tried and true answer to that because it's going to go back. It's got to be referred back to the insurance carrier. Mm. Um, everybody's policy is different. Um, they may qualify and be able to have a health continuation, or they may have to be kicked over into COBRA. And it really depends on the policy structure because the policy, the insurance carrier is the one that determines what an eligible employee is. Um, some of them may say, no, if you're laid off, you're not really an employee. Where some of them may have a grace period that you know they'll still cover them or allow them to be covered for a specific period of time. So it's really going to be a matter that the dentist, the owner, has to contact their insurance carrier to see what their specific policy allows. The it was interesting. I was listening to CNN. I was working out today. Why not work out to CNN? It's so positive, right? Uh, just, just okay. Um, but I couldn't think of any music to listen to, so I might as well. And so Chuck Schumer came on talking about the legislation, which I don't know if it's officially passed, but they're at the end of it. And he did mention, and obviously the fact checkers will check it out, but that when it comes to employment, um, health insurance, that if they're furloughed, they will, it will be covered and whatever, it will be taken care of. They don't have to worry about that you're, you're, you're cut out or whatever it is. So what the details are, I know as Robin always mentions that the Ben Erickson think tank is, is digesting. I know a lot of people are asking about the legislation that's being done. So A, it's gotta be finally passed. Number two, your think tank has to digest it all and analyze it and get the specifics of it. But again, this goes back to your overall message because we get caught up in the details that the government, the policymakers, the, the HR thinkers, everybody, the, the goal is to have an economy that's stable. And so allowing everybody to be thrown off their, their, their health insurance plan, people not getting compensation is not is going to lead to a great depression. They're not going to allow that. And they've talked about that, right? So yeah. the policy is providing that you will have, uh, from what I'm hearing from most people, nearly full benefit. And that if the employer can, which we can talk a little about, they can provide some compensation for some temporary work uh, that's being done, virtual work, or even uh, different capacity uh, training, which we can talk a little bit about that, 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 that could uh, adjust the unemployment. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let, let me actually let me actually swing over to that. So, um, 
all right, so we, we got the paperwork done. We said it the, the best way we could. My team is on go. I had some great dentists I've been speaking to. Like, I'm going to have my team. I'm paying them for the day, and we are going to spend eight hours on the computer getting these forms filled out together. So sweet. So they're getting the forms filled out, uh, and so that's in the process. Now, dentists then want to – they still have some operations. There's emergencies that go on. There's patients we have to call. They also, a lot of them are, will say, listen, we can do more training. And for the all-star students, like, this is a great time for all-star training, MBA training. They're, they're love, you know, they're doing it. Uh, we're not doing 20, we're doing hours. So, so that's the situation. But there's this concept I was taught, uh, being educated about, about different capacity rate that you can pay for, for online training, sure. for meetings. And then if they need to do their their general capacity, which is if they're clinical or if they're answering the phone, that's different. Can you tell me a little bit about that and how we can employ our team with those things? Yeah, uh, it is called a different capacity work rate. And if you have, say, for example, you have a hygienist that, and I'm just pulling a number out of the air, that you're paying $45 an hour when she is providing care. She is a provider of care. She's seeing patients as a hygienist. So, and this is not only just for this period of time, but it's at any time that you have people can, um, attending CE courses, you have lunch and learns, you have staff meetings, um, you have outside events, you can uh, offer them what is called a different capacity work rate. So instead of paying a hygienist $45 to sit through a CE event, perhaps you pay he, him or her $20 an hour. Instead of paying your front desk, if you pay them maybe $20 an hour to sit through a CE, maybe you pay them $15 an hour. There is no set scale that you have to abide by. Um, it just has to be established before the event occurs. You can't send someone to a CE training on Friday and then come in Monday and say, oh, by the way, mm. that eight hours, you know, I'm not paying you 45, I'm paying you 20. Uh, so it has to be established beforehand. Um, we have a form that our clients use for the different capacity work rate. We are big, big proponents of documentation, that everything needs to be documented so That's you're right. not under any misunderstanding, um, that everybody's very clear on it. So um, you and the employee come to an agreement about what the rate will be. You sign off on it saying that it is for all CE events. It is for this particular time that maybe you have the reduction of hours in place. Um, you're just very specific on what the rate is and when it's effective and what it's going to cover. But um, you definitely can put something like that into place. It will hopefully help the practice to be able to tolerate some of these things and at the same time be giving in some type of income to the team. So yeah, different capacity work rate is definitely something that can be utilized. Because one of the things that a few of my members mentioned, which are really good insights, is that the government assistance, A, it may time to get enrolled because of the backlog and it may take time to get the checks out. Mm -hmm. And and if there's a delay, which government is known for delay, most big bureaucracies and even corporate bureaucracies are slow because they're big and there's a huge demand for it, that 
by paying them different capacity or even if they're doing their general capacity, answering phones, which we could do, calling patients, rescheduling, rescheduling. we talk about that in our program, the, uh, as well, whatever that might be, that that will be paid to their general rate for that position. Mm-hmm. What I hear you saying, if there's ever a change to anybody's wage, it needs to be in writing and notified beforehand, and you can pay everybody a standard rate uh, if you want for a different capacity being, let's say, learning or training. But if it gets into their, it gets into patient-facing roles mm-hmm. or into their general work capacity, that has to be paid their normal wage. Yeah, that's right. And that's and why. That's right. That's why um, job descriptions are so critical because uh, they need to know what their job is. And if you're asking them to do something outside of that job description for a situation like this, I'm not talking about uh, on a normal day before this um, hit, but maybe on a normal day, you've got um, a clinical person that's walking by the front desk and everybody's tied up, the phones are ringing off the hook and the hygienist steps over and, and helps answer a phone. That doesn't mean they have to be paid a different rate. We're talking right. about an ongoing in general. Job. Exactly. So we've had a lot of questions in the past about, well, if I'm going to establish a different capacity work rate, how do I do that in a manner that's fair? Um, you know, if you have a difference in uh, levels, salary grades, um, if you're taking a hygiene, if you're having a hygienist go, if you're saying, okay, everybody, instead of paying your normal rate for this training, I'm going to pay everybody $20 an hour. Well, for a hygienist, she may take a big hit to her salary, but you might have somebody on the front desk that that may be a $2 an hour rate for them. So what we're saying is maybe do a percentage so that everybody takes the same amount of reduction, but it's clean across the board. So you don't have to worry about, oh, this person makes $45, this person makes 20, so how do I adjust that? Do a percentage across the board and then you can you you don't have to worry about any issues. So you of, can do you can do a percentage across the board or a fixed rate, whichever yes. you choose. But and you have to know your team. Some team members like whatever it is, we're together. Someone's like, hey, I'm a $50 employee, you know. So that, and that's okay. Um, yeah. everybody's different and, and yeah. You know, I've had some dentists report to me, their team's like, what are you giving me? And others are like, listen, I know we're not getting paid and, and uh, whatever you need, we can help you. We, we love you too. You know, so everybody's different. Yeah. Um, okay, so we have different capacity. We talked about, we talked about that. Now, what, another interesting point that came up to me today is, okay, so what, let's say they're, we're gonna use a furlough kind of, I don't know if there's much of a, and the question, is there really much of a difference between the, the wording or it still has the same effective uh, effect? Yeah, it still has the same effect. I know that a lot of people want to use furlough because it doesn't sound as harsh as <laughs> yeah. a layoff. Right. Um, but I mean, the definition is the same. You know, you're not drawing any pay. So, but you're not uh, terminated. Is that different? Termination is exactly. different. Oh, termination is like you're out of here. You're done. Okay, that's that's okay. Okay, got it. Yeah, yeah. So, um, a, a furlough a lot of times is kind of relegated to federal employees. Mm. If a federal employee is furloughed, and a lot of times there's a definite time period. It's like okay, mm. you're going to take a month furlough. 
I see. You're going to take 31 days or two weeks below. Uh, and a layoff, temporary layoff, you don't know. You know, your, your, your plan is to bring people back as the, the work is there for them to do. But there is no specific time period relegated to that term. So two, two, two scenarios, questions for you. One, if I need the help of my team, are they really still my team? Meaning, can I, can I say, Cindy or whatever, I need you to, to answer phones or, hey, I have an emergency. I need you to come in. Like, is there still this employment employer relationship where um, they're my team and I have some level of, I'm not say control, but influence over them? Because if I have a teammate, I say, I need you at eight o'clock. I need you to do something. Like if, and you did mention on your website too, that obviously if, if the work environment is not safe, if they're afraid that they want, they'll come in and get a virus, you can't force that. They may have to volunteer for that. But if I want to have a team meeting, if I want them to do training, can I mandate this? Or they can say, I don't want to do anything. Well, it's going to go back to what the environment is. You know, if you're not seeing patients and, uh, you know, we go with the, the response and belief that a dental office um, you've got infection control standards that you are utilizing before this ever hit. So you've got sterilization going, you've right. got um, all of the sterilization and the wiping down of the computer and the keyboard and the chair and the light and everything else in effect, even before coronavirus was, was in the game. Um, if you are supplying a, a sterile workplace and you want to have a team meeting and you are asking them to come in under the auspices that you are paying them to I come see. in. Um, yeah. You know, and, and some of that, quite frankly, Alex is going to go back to the culture of the organization. I see. You know, do you have, do you have a team that is all in and I see. they're going to do whatever? Um, if it's a mandatory staff meeting, then it's a mandatory staff meeting and they're going to be paid for it. Now, what you, if I say I want a mandatory virtual meeting? Sure. And they have to comply. They have to wor work with the best they can to, to attend it. Even yeah. though they're laid off, they still have to come? Well, yeah, because you're going to pay them. And do you pay them different capacity or you pay them their actual different capacity? Okay. If it's a virtual meeting or things like that. Yeah. Um, but what's to stop an employee say, Hey, you laid me off. I don't, I don't want to. And again, this, this goes back to the fact that what's your relationship, that response wouldn't happen if it's a team member you're really close with. They're going to, and, and like I said, I, I'm being the kind of devil's advocate here. Sure. I think on the positive side, my argument is from the very beginning, before the mandatory shutdowns, I was thinking this is, you know, whatever I was thinking, People, and, and I give Robin credit for it because I couldn't figure out the word. It's purpose. People get purpose from their work. And it's not just the money, but it's a humane, loving thing. If you can give them things to do, give them some videos to watch, some training, um, work, on job, work on job descriptions, work at Ben Erickson, do these things, you know, to keep busy that will pay off later because not just the money, but it's something to do. You're stuck at home all day, cabin fever. Yeah. If, especially for practices that have the ability for their admin people to remote in, what yes. an opportunity to go through the, those, uh, your software. You know, if you've got patients that you haven't seen in two years, three years, are they still patients? Do they still live there? 
um, you know, do they need to be deactivated? Do they need to be put through your, um, your system now to be called to find out, you know, what's going on? If you haven't seen them in two or three years, where are they with their professional cleanings? You know, what's going on with all that? Right. Um, so point. there's, there's a ton of, there's things. a lot of things that can be done. Yeah. Remotely even. And now, what I want to want to note tomorrow, the next webinar, I'm going to spend some time with Larry listing all these things we can do. And the third webinar with Lauren Levine, a big question is how do I remote? What are my, yeah. what are ways to be secure? How do I pr protect HIPAA information? He's a pro at that. We'll spend some time with, with that. Yeah. So what I hear you saying is that number one, you know, your team, uh, there and, and that, but what, but I guess here's the thing, this kind of goes back to your bread and butter before the crisis. If, if I have a team and I say we have a mandatory meeting and, and I have a team member just, they don't do virtual well, they don't show up, they give me a hard time. Could that be, are we now in grounds? Do I still have like domain, meaning they're not being a good team member, I don't want them anymore or something? Like, like is, is it kind of work as usual, but remotely or are these, do you follow what I'm kind of yeah, yeah. insinuating? I, I think that's a discussion that you need to have with with the team and whether it's over the phone and and you're kind of getting a feel for where they are. But I mean, let's face it, before this all happened, the doctor is going to know what kind of team member. What team they, they have. have. You okay. know, if they're, do they have team members that are all in and they're willing to do whatever they need to do? to make the practice successful. You know, they've got skin in the game. Oh, I like this point. One of our dentists said, oh. I'm sorry to interrupt it. He said, uh, this situation shows who has the ownership mentality. That's one of our yeah. all-stars and who should stay on unemployment and not welcome back. So this goes back to, yeah. you know, uh, uh, some people love my positivity. Some people are optimism, but like, Alex, what are you talking about? Like, this is crazy. Huh? But, but for um, the, there is a silver lining that that this shows you like like one of our dentists was saying who do you really have yeah this says now we have time to do all these things we couldn't do and think about so um and through the fire we were fine mm -hmm. you know hopefully we're better from it as we we move yeah. forward with it well to your point uh, and to the dentist's point about bringing back people um we are we are you know, talking to clients when they ask about, well, I've got somebody that's kind of been on the bubble, you mm -hmm. know, and, and I've really didn't think I wanted them in the practice for quite a while. So is this the time that I can use it to kind of call out and, and find out um, who, who are the keepers versus maybe people that I don't want to bring back? Yeah. And that is completely up to them as the practice owner. Wow. Okay. If there are people, you know, you're saying, Hey, I want to bring everybody back, but it's up to you in what order you do that. And if you do bring everybody back. So yeah, there and I see, and I see somebody noting here that in their state, they say if they don't participate, aren't willing to participate. And like you said, you have provisions on your website of what <laughs> obviously they, they, they don't want to be, it'd be in a safe environment, but that, that they aren't eligible for unemployment anymore. So I guess my point is, I'm speaking from the dentist's point of view, is that this isn't just party time, you know, for the, for the that I'm just gonna stay on unemployment, I'll take advantage of the government, you know, that we're still in business. You know, yeah. we're just remotely, we're a remote family. Okay. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, 
absolutely. Um, I know that different states do have, um, you know, different mandates, different laws of how okay. they are applying unemployment benefits. So that's why it's really important for each team member to kind of check for themselves and um, to answer the questions correctly. And it just varies. We'll, we'll go back to that phrase, moving target. Okay, so let me kind of, we'll go back into stages step by step. So the, the, the first thing we talked about is um, that we want to have a positive view on this, that this is a temporary stoppage, that we're still, a, we're still in office as long as you like your team members and they like each other. And like we said, this could be a good uh, uh, opportunity, whatever. And that uh, for most situations, obviously we're happy with our team and we're going to um, have them get government assistance to, to which is called unemployment. You can call it whatever you want. Uh, I think it would be obviously in, uh, wise to choose language that doesn't startle people, whether we use furlough or temporary work stoppage or something, they get the benefits. Once that happens, uh, the health insurance issue, that's going to be a provider situation. Some of the senators are saying that the new deal, whatever, not really the new deal, but the new situation is going to um, speak to that. Uh, we also have to be talk to the plan administrators is what I hear you saying to make sure you get the policies as of right now for any benefits. Um, once that they get the government, they apply for government assistance, I'm assuming immediately or whatever it is, they can begin to uh, utilize a team on a temporary basis if things come up. They can use different, uh, different capacity situations for training and meetings virtually or, or even sometimes in office. And that, um, yeah, and then I guess that kind of gets us into the stage of, uh, you know, moving towards that direction. Now there are other issues which would be on the scope of here is what dentists do for cash flow, different yeah. things like that. That's beyond HR. But from the employee perspective, we want to be able to get to the situation we're talking about big picture where we're getting government assistance and help. And the doctor is going to be able to utilize them at some capacity, different capacity, minimal capacity, whatever it is, uh, to to be able to take care of things that like you said, because you ran a big dental office, multiple locations, that that there are still a lot of things to do, and we're going to do that during this time, and then we begin to unravel. So just kind of projecting the future, and we'll probably have other talks on this, I guess, as we're able, as we're able to work more again, is this becomes a slow process. So let's say, for example, some cities or whatever start to become social, you can start getting back to work a little bit. Is again, is it a gradual kind of situation back to full capacity? Well, I think um, that's going to be the, the dentist's decision on okay. what the practice will tolerate. Um, it may be a slow practice, but think about all of this time that they have been closed, whether right. it has been a full closure or they've only been seeing emergencies. There's a whole lot of patients out there that are going to need to be rescheduled. Um, so whether it's a matter of they have to ramp up, maybe they only start back if they were working four days a week, maybe they only start back with a two day a week schedule. Um, so they're going to have to determine what their workload is. Well, if they are able to do that, they're going to have to have some admin time in there. Somebody's got to get those people rescheduled and get the books full again. So I think it's, that's going to be a decision that each of the practice owners have to make as they go along, how quickly they're going to be able to ramp up. So maybe it's only um, 
they only have two hygienists working, you know, and they fill their schedules. And then as they get full, they add another hygienist. Um, so I think that's something that they're just going to have to determine case by case to see what the practice tolerates. Uh, I'd like to, Robin, if you're there, I'd like to invite you just for a moment because you're manning the chat and it's hard for me to look at it because I'm so intently working with Adrian. Are there any themes that you see in the chat um, that you, you'd like to kind of bring to Adrian's attention for her to answer that you see that I'm, I haven't addressed? Hi. <laughs> yes, actually, you know, I'm trying to type and see as it's scrolling by, but um, Adrian, a, a couple of scenarios that are showing up, um, a lot of questions about, you know, are we, if we lay off somebody, will, does that exempt them from having to pay sick leave or FMLA leave? Um, somebody said, I understand you have to terminate or fire somebody in order to avoid paying the sick leave or FMLA leave. And of course, the big question mark is still, we don't know if dentistry is going to be exempt and we don't know um, how the Department of Labor is going to respond for employers with under 50 employees, correct? Right. That's right. So in that scenario, I think we're also, I also want to make sure people understand um, that the sick leave and the FMLA extension is really centered around if an employee has the COVID virus, exactly. they are around the COVID virus, if they're taking care of somebody who's sick with the COVID virus, or if their child's school or daycare is closed for the FMLA leave, being two weeks unpaid and then 10 weeks of two thirds of their normal pay. So I just wanna make sure that people understand this isn't just because the business was closed that you're gonna be responsible for this. Employees would have to qualify for all of those special criteria in order for those acts and laws to really apply. So a lot of these questions, and I don't know because there's not a two-way conversation, um, you know, what state they're in or if, if you know, what their employee is. So um, part of that was a statement and a comment, but now we're leading to the question, Adrienne, about, you know, somebody who has an employee, a hygienist who's pregnant mm -hmm. and they're laid off, but they call this pregnant person back in um, to see uh, help with a clinical patient, not hygiene, but help with a clinical patient. And she declines. Mm -hmm. She's, um, um, and she's on unemployment. She can stay on unemployment and, and decline to come in, correct? Right, because she would really fall into one of those high-risk categories because you cannot guarantee her 100% that that patient that she would be helping with is not um, a risk. So right. especially with anybody that falls into those high-risk categories, um, well, you can't force anyone to come in if they feel that there is a risk in which right now, certainly um, we can't be 100% sure of anyone that there's not a risk. So you could not force anyone to come in and to, um, to work in the office. And that doesn't disqualify her because she, there are still, you know, employment laws in general still applies. We're not, you know, throwing that out the window either. Right, um, so right. she is in a protected class. She is one of the high risk COVID-19 people. Um, now, if you have work for somebody to do, like you mentioned just earlier, um, having administrative work to do, you know, people calling patients to build up that schedule for when the office right. is returning to normal. Now, if you call somebody in, they say, yeah, no, I'd rather just stay on unemployment. You know, 
they're healthy, they're not high risk, um, they're able to do it, they can even do it from home and not even come into the office. Mm -hmm. Now, if they refuse to do the work, um, what would your advice be on that? Well, that's going to go back to what Alex was, and we were talking about, um, okay, maybe you need to reevaluate your team. Um, if they are, um, you know, they have the ability to come in or to work from home and they're choosing not to, you know, what's, what's the impetus behind that? Are they just choosing not to, because they just want to collect unemployment and not have to do anything? Um, that would be a question that I would go back and kind of reassess my team and what's going on in there. Um, I think um, they have to answer the question, have they been offered work, you know, and it's going right. to become an ethical thing for them if they're saying, no, they haven't been, but, you know, you have offered them and there's not anything I think as an employer that you can do to affect that other than you just keep that in mind when you're assessing the team and you're bringing people back on. If you've offered work for able-bodied people to do and they've declined it, but yet you've got somebody else that would jump at the chance to come back, then you, I think you just have to evaluate that. And I think that would also bring up the question um, of whether or not that person would still be eligible for unemployment, correct? If um, you had work for them to do, they refuse it? Well, and, and that goes back to them answering the questions on unemployment when they have to file every week. Gotcha. Um, and as the employer, there's not really anything that you can do to say, oh, no, 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 no. I offered them work and they, they turned it down. So I think it really becomes an ethical dilemma that okay. I don't know that we really have an answer for, right. unfortunately. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of other ones that were... Um, Again, there was a lot of question about, you know, the difference between layoff and furlough. And like you, I've heard furlough has been associated with federal um, employees. Mm -hmm. It's temporary. Mm -hmm. um, same thing with the laid off being temporary. It's just um, kind of a, you say tomato, I say tomato. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, and I know um, somebody had said for the state of Florida, and I don't know if you're this familiar with it, um, Adrian, that um, for somebody to be laid off and then to bring them back, um, if the employer would like the laid off employee to return to work, then the employee does have to go through the rehiring process, um, such as the IO process. I'm gonna say they probably meant I-9 process would have to be completed again. And from my understanding, with team members and being laid off due to the work stoppage because of the mandate shutdown, um, this is not a true, you know, oh, I don't have any more work for you and I'll call you back if I need you sometime, some way that they truly are in a situation where they um, have to look for other work because there's no guarantee they'll be brought back. Um, do you believe that to be true or do you know of other states that have that the, the layoff? Because to my understanding and what I've read and what I've learned from from our awesome HR team is that they would not have to go through the I hire or the I nine and the W you know, forms and all that good stuff again to be brought back. That is our understanding that you are not firing anyone. You're not terminating them. You are temporary, 
temporarily laying them off. Uh, now, if you do terminate someone and you fire them, then there's going to be a requirement on their part to actively look for work um, during this period of time for them to get unemployment benefits. Um, that's not our understanding if it's a layoff situation because you are planning to bring them back once, once there's work to be done. So, and, and you just made a very good distinction that mm -hmm. this is a layoff for the COVID-19 response crisis. This is not a typical, you know, three months ago, if you were laid off, you had to look for work, you had to provide, you know, employers that you applied to, you had to show that you made an effort to get employment. In the COVID-19 crisis layoff, um, team members are expected to return. There's no guarantee, of course, exactly. but they're expected to return so that they don't have to go through this rehire process. Right, and that is the intent behind a temporary layoff. And the, the letter that I was referring to earlier, and Robin, I don't know if you've had a chance to see it with any of your clients yet, but it talks about that the intent is to reopen the office just as soon as they can. Um, but there is no specific time because no one knows. But with a temporary layoff, that is the intention and the impetus behind it is we are going to reopen at some point. That's beautiful. Uh, by the way, somebody commented in the background, they love your sign, spare me the drama. Uh, so, and, and you I know, have to tell you, Alex, I got that one of the doctors that I worked for in my previous uh -huh. life bought that for me because, I mean, you know, we had a staff of 35 or 40 people. So there was a lot of drama here and there. So he just, he just thought that was a crack up. So well, you know, you and Robin are built like the same cloth. You're very professional, you. very, very kind, very kind, very methodical, no drama. Like uh, Robin handles all the therapy in her company. Anybody has a problem. <laughs> she's our therapist. She handles it great. Um, and does it I so delightful. To, I, have to, I have to tell you right now, Robin is one of a kind. And I think that we are both very, um, fortunate to be able to use her and have her as, as team members. And we're happy to share her, but you can't have her all the time. <laughs> well, I was just going to say, I was going to say, stop saying so many nice things about her because <laughs> mine. Okay. Um, so Thanks, guys. yes, um, Thank you. <laughs> I'm getting jealous here. So anyway, so, so the, the, you know, and I think that's a good point with the sign even, even, even points out because I know with HR and, and, it is and a lot of things we talk about and you've teach, you've got to be so specific with what you say and do. You can't say that, you can't do that. And that's right in normal circumstances. If you get sued in HR, you're gonna lose, most likely in the dental field. I get that. In most scenarios. We are in this is a whole different situation that that really uh, we don't want to add what I'm hearing from you a lot from both of you is you don't want to add unnecessary drama, unnecessary fear because this is not a choice. This right. is a crisis. This is like, it's like 9-11. Your building just got bombed. Okay, well, I have to worry about filling a form out. I didn't do it right. Seriously? So I think, look, dentists are very nervous, nervous in general. You know, they're very caring. My dad's one. I know everything is, you know, and that's okay. We love them. Is that I think that's kind of what I hear the theme, not just what you, what you were saying in policy, which is really helpful in, in the points, but just that 
that kind of, again, hope, that reassurance. Again, everybody listen, Adrian, co-owner of Ben Erickson, this is one of the top HR firms in dentistry, okay? They've been around from the beginning, okay? Phenomenal. And they're telling you, it's okay. Follow, don't get too hung up with the specifics. You, you do what we talked about, the steps, the, the, the government assistance, you work with your team, and you do the best that you can and you'll be you'll be in safe you'll be in a safe place and document everything, okay, okay because of course doctors don't have any reason now to say oh I didn't have time. They that's have right. You have time to document. That's right. You have time to document, and you have time to be a good person and be reasonable, and and look for the big the, again. Take care of your team and like we're hearing from the message board, we'll see you, you'll have the good ones will will shine and the ones you may not want will will go. So, so I think that's important because there's so many things that I have procedures here. What about this? What about that? You can get those minutia, but don't, it's almost like that analogy. You don't want to lose the branches from the tree. You know, we're so close. You're not seeing the big picture here, everybody. And like, like Adrian was alluding to is that now is a great time. Okay. It is what it is. What do we do? You know, with the situation is that now's a, now's a time where you can make sure you have clear job descriptions, your protocols. I know Ben Erickson's got amazing manuals that all of you should have, and a lot of clients have that. Uh, they're probably super backlogged in doing it, but now's a good time to be, if they do have the time, to, to meet with them about getting some of your policies set up so when you come, come back, those are in place, okay? Obviously, and I know this is, I don't want to say this is a shameless plug, but, but this is, it's, it's appropriate. All-Stars virtual training. Now's a good time to do these things. All the things that we, we know we didn't have time to do, we can do. And, and this is to prevent, again, what, what Ben Erickson does, what training does in your office, is you maximize what you have, you get more of what you have, and you prevent the bigger problems later that come up. This situation, there's not really much we could have done, okay? And we'll learn from it. Um, it's, it's a humanitarian thing. But from a business perspective, there are things that we can do. We, we always see the image of the, what is that? That ostrich with the head in the sand. Okay. And you know, it's the, the fight and flight response, right? A lot of the fight, I see a lot of fight here, which is what about this? What about that? What about that? I'm going to, I'm going to make sure I did every amendment, right? Okay. And the, and, and the flight is, uh, you know, backing away. There's a middle ground. Okay. We can, we can take it, but we, we got to bring hope into all this. And we got to bring reasonability and, and that's going to help lift everybody. And, and the dentist listening, it's the hardest part because it's not something in writing. It's not something you can read or watch. This is where the leadership is born. You've got developing yourself as a leader for them. You, you are the leader of, in the vision of your practice and you've got to be there for your team. That's, that's the key. That's why you're yeah. here. Absolutely. So, um, I, I know we're out of time, but yeah. I, have, I, I just have one question. I well, want Adrian to, to verify. There's a couple of questions or thoughts about if I don't have the money now to pay my team, can I still have them keep track of the hours that they work and then pay them later? And the answer resoundingly, <laughs> I think is. No, <laughs> that is a wonderful thought. And uh, if, if that were true, I'm sure a ton of dentists would be jumping all over that because there are things to do and take care of. Unfortunately, the labor law states that an employee must be paid for hours worked within the pay period that it is worked. Now, I had another one that I, I just, my, my legal 
uh, Spidey Sense said no, is can I loan an employee money if they need money? And I mean, this, I, I just, my concern is conflicts of interest, but I would say, you know, th that's where you start to get into this, into situation where you're, you're, you're conflating things. You, you don't want to be too cute with the situation. Don't get too smart. It's very, very simple. Government website, help give money. You don't have money. They don't work. Simple. Try to try to stay away from too many uh, uh, conflicts. Uh, go ahead. I was just going to say we're not big proponents of the dentist loaning money to the team at any point. Yeah, I agree. Uh, because they're not a bank. Yeah. And then you get into the thing of well, they're going to pay it back on you know payroll. I'm going to take out so much every pay period, and then you ultimately have someone that either quits or they they let them go, and they still have this outstanding balance. And then how do how do they get it? And it's just not a good not a good idea. Although all these guys and ladies in the dental profession are are people people, and they want to help. So I get the urge to do it, but we just advise caution with that. Are there any, uh, Robin, any other issues quickly that you see on here? Oh my gosh, there's so many questions I, there's a we lot. just don't have time for. Okay, uh, okay. And I'm sorry, I'll, I'll put that out there. I'm sorry weren't, we weren't able to get to everybody's question. Of course, everybody has their own situation. Um, but, you know, I don't know if Adrian or I or Alex or Eric um, can go through these afterwards. People are asking if there's a... Um, um, a transcript of this? No, but it is being. We'll have recorded. a replay. We'll have a replay. Okay. Yeah, right. and it's on Facebook Live right now, so you'll have that. I'll have a replay out. Um, right. The, but I think just again, what what I'm gathering as well, and and Adrian hasn't got mad at me for saying this a, a, a bunch of times, which is that you know don't overthink it too much. That the government's gonna be very lenient, be reasonable, act in good faith, do all the basics that you have to do, we talk about, because you can get, I, I see a lot of these, these points, they're very nuanced, and uh, I don't even know if, if, if that Robin or Adrian can answer them, because they're, they're, they're pursuant to your own state law, they require a lot of research, and they're starting to get into legal advice, which we really can't give you, right. okay? And so, uh, Yeah, you're you know, the attorney in this situation, not me. Right. Well, and I can't give the legal advice here because I'm, right. I'm, but, but you can consult an attorney uh, regarding some of these things. But again, my point is, is big brush strokes, do the things you got to do and the things will, will work themselves out. Then, then they go because you get so minutia that you forget you're going to skip a step in the big things. We taught, we told you the major steps, which are beautiful. We outlined, you can listen to the recording and document what Adrian, great point. She meant document everything act in good faith and reasonable and there's and we'll continue to put out new stuff as it comes available that you need okay so that that's there let me also just say that uh, again uh the, a good resource is also generalacademy.com survival i have a link to bet erickson's website for their faq adrian is there anything else that uh you would like to say or, or resources that you want to make available or uh, to the listeners um, they are certainly welcome to visit our website and just know that as new information comes out, we're updating it. Uh, we have just today, I believe, put um, a new response to some of the things that um, have, you know, 
have just recently been described and out there. I do also want to say that, you know, as clinicians, dentists are trained and it is beat into them to look for the things wrong. When they're in the mouth of the patient, they are looking and identifying things wrong. That's where they get their production. That's what they're trying to do is to fix things. They can't necessarily fix this. And hopefully they'll be able to do, Alex, like you said, just kind of look at the big picture and focus on the name of this whole webinar series that All Star is doing, which I think is fantastic, is there is hope. And, you know, we're going to get through this and just concentrate on, okay, what is happening that, what's the silver lining? We're going to work through this. This isn't forever. So I appreciate the opportunity to be on here and to share with you guys. And um, any way that we can help, we are, are here to do that. Um, we have the uh, temporary layoff letter, like I mentioned. Oh, wonderful. If you want to give... Um, if they contact you and want want that information, we'll be happy to do whatever you think works best to get that information to them. Well, we'll leave that as the last word. Beautifully well said. Thank you, Adrian Twig. Uh, say hi to uh, your husband, Tim and Alan. And Robin, thank you as always for helping out. And Eric, thank you. You guys did a great job answering the questions. And we'll continue to provide you content. And Ben Erickson will continue to work hard for you and All-Star and everybody. And, and then until we meet again, everybody be an All-Star. <laughs> Thanks, Alex. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.